This is Help I'm a Children's Pastor, Episode 12. doing out there folks this is help i'm a children's pastor the podcast focusing on normal everyday children's ministers people just like me and you um my name is james um this is episode 12 brought to the week of june 25th i'm a kids pastor at suncoast cathedral in beautiful st petersburg florida you know what you know what the best thing to do is right as you're about to start recording a show you sit down, get all your notes together, you pray, you ask God to help you to communicate something of worth from your heart to the hearts of others, promptly reach over and pull a cup of milk from breakfast off of your desk and onto your lap. That's what you should do. You should do that today. It worked for me, man. Sobered me right up. And um, you know what's bad about spilling milk on your pants is when it dries doesn't just evaporate it benefit it, it adds the benefit of curdling and um aka rotting and smelling nasty on your leg so anyway i hope your day's going better than mine actually day's going pretty good um milk notwithstanding so uh let's jump right into it i want to give you a little a few updates on uh what's going on in my neck of the woods and and by the way I know it's my show, and I talk to you, blah, blah, blah. But um, you guys are about the most untalkative people in the planet. I love you. I'm glad you download. There's about 800 of you strong. I love that. I think it's amazing, especially for the little niche market that we're working here. But um, you guys don't talk to me. I'm getting lonely up in here. So as I'm sharing my ministry updates, hey, how about you email me, helpimacp at gmail.com, Tell me what's going on in your world. Tell me how the show has blessed you or um, taught you what not to do. At this point, I would take rat, you know, complaints, um, movie tickets, you know, pretty much anything. That's just the, the broad scale. Movie tickets on one side, complaints all the way on the other. On the other. Um, do you guys know anybody named Debbie? Yeah. Well, I know someone named Debbie. She's been visiting us Floridians for the last few days. And uh, Debbie is a tropical storm, and also my least favorite name. I'm sorry if your name's Debbie, but from now on, everyone that is named Debbie is mean to me. You're a little bit, a little bit of a of a of a dookie face, as as a four year old friend of mine would say, uh, because Debbie is a tropical storm that ruined and messed up. Well, not only my neighborhood. I mean, water standing everywhere, driving through two feet of water to get out of the out of the house, um, but also messed up my event. Every every June or July, you know, every Wednesday night, I give my Ranger Missionettes the month off, and we do these events, and they've all been going great. And the the big one, the one we always do, the one the kids always look forward to, is I rent a few uh, water slides from the local inflatable shop. I'm sure you have one in your area. And um, we put put some water slides out on our soccer field, and man, we just have a blast, you know. Well, you know, due to excessive winds and rain and all that kind of stuff, Debbie has has rented it, rented it. 
But anyway, what we're doing, thankfully, um, so we're going to be uh, swapping that out for some indoor stuff. The youth department, you know, was wonderful. Um, Pastor Wally, thank you for giving us, you know, the 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 Kid City room because you know he uses it on Wednesday. I use it on Sunday. Thank you for giving up your spot and uh, taking your nu- your your nugs your your nuggets elsewhere so that I can uh, use that space, man. So we're gonna have some inflatables in there and they even threw in i don't know why they did this for me but uh, i guess i mean it's not their fault but the company threw in a uh, cotton candy machine so if you're in the uh, st petersburg area tampa florida area i would highly suggest my friends a funny business that's the name of the company a funny business burp, 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 burp. Um, they're awesome. Clean, clean, clean stuff, man. They're always good. They lay down tarps, not just underneath their stuff, but they'll lay down tarps all down so the kids can run on tarps instead of the mud. I mean, they're just amazing. They, uh, they'll they bring the inflatables out and run uh, generators outside the doors of your building so that, you know, they don't, fl- the breakers don't break and switch and, you know, deflate right in the middle. I, just fantabulous people. I've worked with uh, a lot of inflatable companies and definitely the best one. So um, still, so, so Debbie, you know, on you don't like Debbie, Debbie's mean name. Um, still looking forward to going to Southern Missouri, man. Um, I had a couple of my, couple of my uh, young adults who were going with me, the team I had them had to pull out, but you know what? God knew what he was doing. He knew the group that I was taking down there well before I did. And uh, what do they say? We plan and God laughs. I'm not sure he's laughing, but um, he he knew. And so, you know what? It's going to be good. I still got myself, my daughter, and three other young adults going. And, um, you know, we're going to have a great time. We are. So we're down from, what, nine to, to five total. But that's okay. It's all right. And um, we're going to have a great, 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 great time. Hey, I wanted to add a new segment. Um, and, and this is where I really want your feedback and your input, because in children's ministry, we have the opportunity to be more creative than the average bear. Uh, and I say opportunity kind of with a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, because most of the time we have to be more creative due to lack of funds, lack of resources, lack of volunteers. We suddenly become very creative because that fills the gap that we have. Otherwise, you know, we can't always get online and order the perfect object lesson from Amazon.com. Um, so we have to create it. And so what I decided I was going to do is get the ball rolling and share some things that I did. It's not particularly amazing stuff, okay? I'm not bragging. It just if you can benefit from this, great. That's my heart, okay? So um, since I've been doing a lot of work on uh, kids camp and this camp I'm going to be running and speaking at, you know, I'm not an evangelist. I don't travel and do this. Um, this is this is just like a huge. It's like four Sunday services in a row for me. So it's a big deal. It's not easy. And um, so all these things that I'm sharing with you have been hard-earned, I guess I'd say. So I hope you enjoy them. Um, I wanted to share with you my idea for some games, 
Okay, nothing, nothing big. But um, I'm a big fan of, of uh, YouTube. I love YouTube, and I love specific people on YouTube. If you don't know, you can follow people, or they call them channels. And um, there's a few folks that I really enjoy because they're very talented or they're just wacky and zany. And one of those people, I don't know that this is his real name, but he goes by the name Perry Grip, P-A-R-R-Y-G-R-I-P-P, all one word, on YouTube. And his habit lately... Uh, for quite a while, has been once a week to post a song that he writes based off of a silly YouTube video. So, and it's typically pictures of hedgehogs eating carrots, um, somebody feeding a hamster while the hamster's sitting on a piano keyboard. Um, you know, just weird stuff. Turtles falling into the water. Um, <laughs> Matter of fact, I would be doing you a disservice if I didn't. Um, he, he just sings these songs describing the silly things that he sees. Um, so let's see. Here's here's a song called, it's not one of my favorites, but it's called Raccoon Eating Nachos. So enjoy this. Raccoon, raccoon, you're a raccoon eating nachos. On the chain stand, a nacho in your hand. Like a little man, I knew you were no ordinary raccoon. Those nachos are so great, you're on your second plate. You're a raccoon eating nachos. Okay, so whatever you think about that, I think it's absolutely brilliant and genius and awesome. And um, so anyway, he does these. I mean, just tons of them. I, let me read off a few titles for, for lack of time. Lazy Harp Seal Has No Job. Um, dance porcupine dance cat licking a hamster, um, hamster on a piano eating popcorn, just deers gone wild. That's okay. I'm going to play deers gone wild. Cause it's one of my favorites. It's all him. All these voices. You know you're bobbing your head. All right, so Deer's Gone Wild. All he did was take a collection of of, of clips from, uh, from news places and uh, people that have had deers get in their buildings and... Uh, he just sang a song about it. So um, he's done a lot of them, some more favorite than others. Uh, Backwards on a Pig, Baby Monkey, all these different songs. Anyway, all that to say, you know, I'm introducing you to Perry Grip, which I hope you and your children enjoy drastically because he's awesome. Um, but also because I, t- I take these videos and I've decided to turn them into games. Ta-da! So, um, for instance, let me introduce you to Baby Monkey. Um, baby monkey riding backwards on a pig. It's a great little ditty. I won't play the whole thing, but it's about a minute long. Ooh, baby monkey, baby monkey. It's one of my favorites. Riding on a pig, baby monkey. Baby monkey, baby and monkey. And as the song says, the video. Backwards on a pig. 
a tiny little pig being, being ridden by a tiny little monkey. Cutest thing ever, right? So I'm, um, I made that into a game. How did you do it? Well, I, I was able to acquire the video. Um, I bought the song legally, okay? Even though he gives them away for free, I went ahead and bought the song. And I downloaded the video using a, um, a video download service called KeepVid at KeepVid.com. I'll have the link in the show notes. Um, and then I, was, I pulled that into a video editor. You don't have to do all this. I, this is just what I did. Um, I think you could play the game just playing the video in the background because it's about 60 seconds long, so it's an automatic countdown. But I layered a 60-second countdown on top of that that I created in uh, in Vegas, Sony Vegas, and I re-rendered that. So that's all I did. I just added a 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, you know, or actually it goes down from 60 seconds. Um, I put that together. That's not the important part. The important part is um, I am going to have these kids wearing pig masks and I, I went and, and uh, to the local, what do you call it, uh, Oriental Trading Company, and I bought about a dozen to two dozen uh, baby monkey sock pup, not sock puppets, finger puppets. So they were like, what, two bucks for 12 of them? You know how the place is. It's awesome. So I got those, and I'm going to have the kids wear the pig mask, and then we they their teammate puts a baby monkey on their back. They have to walk backwards across the stage, stand up erect, and and somehow pitch that baby monkey into a basket. Okay, so there's there's the game. You know, two kids, two teams, two baskets, two monkey. I mean, uh, pig faces, and some monkey uh, sock puppets or finger puppets, and they walk across the stage while that song plays. So it's more like three, two, one, go. The world has gone and the thing is, this thing has 14 million views, people. 14 million views. There's a chance there's someone in your kids' church that's seen this and enjoys it and loves it. And that's what I'm kind of banking on at camp. Uh, because you get the coolness factor, you know, the the clean side of pop culture. And I'm all about using pop culture if I can. Um, and you get something that immediately is a good tie-in. And for me, I get to include something I love in my own children's ministry. Um, and I love Perry Grip. So it's a good thing. So if you can use that, do it. Um, there's another one he does called Dog with a Box on His Head. Um, you have to bear with me. I did not intend to go through each one of these, but this is how fun this is. Um, He's a dog with a box on his head. He's a dog with a box on his head. Hilarious video, people. He's a dog with a box on his dog with a box on his head. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's helping him out. Okay. Okay. So it goes on. Um, so I've got a kid. I'm going to, I'm going to have two kids. I'm going to have them wear dog masks that I got off Amazon, little, little dog nose and, and ears. And they hold a, a pretty good sized box on their head. So, a, so a foot by foot box. Um, and then I'm going to have other kids with about 26 by six boxes, square ones, try to stack as many as they can. And at the end of the 60 second song, when the song is over and the video has played, um, we'll see how high the boxes are stacked on the dog's head. So it's like, I, to me, it's like cheating because you get this, this so, so game. I mean, the game's not bad, but man, it just gets amped up to the next degree because you've got this themed video song in the background. 
So um, do me a favor. If you use this idea, just go buy Perry Grips music. It's a dollar about a piece and get them through iTunes and then, uh, you know, go and get his video. And uh, because it's not his video, he's borrowing. He's doing what you're doing. He borrowed from other sources. He mitched them together and all that. So it's not like going and ripping off uh, YouTube. But anyway, uh, it's good stuff. Good stuff. Fun stuff. I did another one called um, Boogie Woogie Hedgehog where I'm going to have two kids uh, hula hooping and they have to throw a hedgehog back and forth between the two of them. Again, mediocre game, but it's got this awesome song and video behind it. Um, so there you go. I hope you... Oh, and then the La 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 Wee. Okay, I have to play this one. La La Wee. La La Woo. Okay, this is my last game and the last time I will torture you with Paragrip stuff. It's a great song, though. It's so I can't ever remember all the words. Go something like this. Oh, lag. Here we go. <laughs> okay, and it's a video of a turtle falling in the water over and over and over. Okay? And so, again, great cute little song videos there. And, and my game is um, I've taken and bought a bunch of uh, about 26 little mini flying discs from Oriental Trading Company or U.S. Toy out of Kansas City. Represent. And I, I embellished the, these green flying discs to look like turtles uh, with some hot glue and some craft foam, and uh, which was a huge pain, by the way. Took most of yesterday to do. Uh, can somebody say delegate to volunteers? I can't. Uh, so I, so now the kids just toss these, uh, makeshift turtles into a pan of water that's across the stage and, uh, they get to try as many times as they can. If they miss, they get to go run, grab them, come back behind the line, throw them again. So it's just a mad dash for 60 seconds to see how many, um, of those they can get. And this is playing in the background. So I hope that's a fresh idea for you. I hope that helps. I'm going to be sharing some ideas here and there, you know, every time we do a show. But what have you done that's super awesome? It doesn't have to, you know, again, I was very shy sharing that. So so don't be like, oh, I could never share my ideas because, you know, I'm not very creative. Please, you don't know. You don't know what God's given you. So do me a favor. Sit down. Write me an email. Help. I'm a CP at gmail.com. Send, uh, send me your ideas and I'll give you credit. I'll mention it and I'll make it sound cooler. Then it is, okay, if, you, if you're feeling a little insecure, okay? All right. So anyway, again, ministry idea. Make games from popular MySpace videos if you can. There's not a whole lot better you can do out there, though, than Perry Grip. And if you know somebody like him that, that is genius, um, share him with me because I love it. love that kind of stuff. Okay, so today our main topic, um, by popular request, we're going to talk about how to deal with problem parents. Um, problem parents. Are there any other kind? Um, you know, it's funny. It's very easy for us in children's ministry to get bogged down in the things that aren't actually children's ministry. Do you remember when children's ministry was about ministering to children? When And a few years later, you realize, man, I'm, I've got... I've got, I've got not only my kids, I've got a set of workers I have to minister with and to and deal with. I've got the kids' parents that I've got to minister to and deal with. I've got my leadership 
And um, I've got the rest of the church that I'm trying to make friends with, my family. I mean, it's a huge, it's huge undertaking, and, and, and it can be overwhelming. Um, but, you know, our, our job is to minister to children. But um, fortunately, or unfortunately, whatever the case may be, whatever your view is on the subject, each one of these kids are attached to a parent. I say fortunately, even though I've had my share of experiences with overprotective or angry or problem parents, um, I'm thankful for all of them because none of my kids drive themselves to church, my friends. Every single one of them gets a ride from their friendly neighborhood parent. So if it wasn't for those parents, there wouldn't be any kids. Um, there's also some biological reasons, too. I don't know anything about that. All I know is they, they come in cars, they get dropped off. But um, a lot of times I, when I talk to children's pastors and ministers that are kind of approaching that burnout zone, a lot of times they have a lot of bitterness toward parents. And it's easy to see why. Because from, from one point of view, especially a burnout point of view, the parents are the reason you are having all the problems you're having because they're more than happy to drop off all their kids and walk away while you're understaffed and under whatever, under socialized. And then they're the ones that wait too long in the lobby and don't pick up on time. Um, I was just talking with someone this week and that was their big thing is I can't get out to meet anybody. I can't get out there and nobody seems to care about reaching in to me, but I can't reach out to them and get to know because everybody's playing social hour in the main sanctuary or in the lobby while I'm sitting there and my whole family's, you know, stuck taking care of their kids. So it's very easy, first of all, to say that um, for some folks that all parents are problems. Uh, the other reason why it's easy is because the typically the only ones you hear from are parents that have problems. And they don't even have to be problem parents. They're just the people that have problems. Nobody rarely ever goes out of their way. And, and this is us included, okay? It's just people. It's human nature. You, when you don't go out of your way to say thank you um, for things that go right, you know? Um, when the traffic light doesn't turn red, you never think, oh, I need to call somebody and thank them, or I need to stop and just have a moment of silence to thank God for that green light. But man, if you let it let you be in a little bit of a hurry and you hit two or three red lights, you're just cursing the sky because this is terrible, you know, and nothing gets the human being talking like something bad. And so it's easy to lump our parents into a group of potential problem causers. You know what I'm saying? It's not the case though, because they're, it's not like roaches. What they say about roaches, if you see one, there's a, there's like a hundred more behind your walls. And we think that about our parents. If you have one or two people that cause you a lot of issues and have complaints and their children do no wrong, um, then you assume there's a hundred more sitting out there in the pews that hate you and hate everything you're doing, but they just haven't made it around yet to tell you. And that's just not the case. Let me encourage you that silence is is heartbreaking sometimes, but it's a good thing, you know? Um, not everybody's going to come over and pat your back. You know why? Because you don't work for them anyway. You work for God. God will take care of you. Um, his joy brings you your strength, not theirs. So make God happy. Work on that. Um, but, uh, yeah, parents, man, they can seem to be a problem because of natural, normal things. A little bit, of it, it, but most of it, every time I want to get mad at them, every time I want to get upset outward, 
God, when I, when, I, when I sit down with him and I start to talk to him, he turns it inward. And I know why. I, I, well, I don't know the ways of God, but I, I can figure it out. It's because, first of all, I can't control that. I can't control them. I can't change the personalities of people. Can't do it. Um, I'm having a hard enough time having any kind of influence on their nuggets, uh, much less them as a whole. But um, so I can't control and manipulate that. I can't change the culture of my church. I can't do those things. But God can, first of all, that's his job. But he, he wants to work on me. He wants to work on me. Because every time I complain, every time I want to say something, God's words seem to come back to this. Even so, even so, what can you do for me? Even so, how can you do what God's called you to do? Even so, um, and lately even more so, the word that he has been hitting me with is surrender which is a hard word. It's a hard word. Um, surrendering. It's not sacrificing. It's not uh, submitting. Surrendering. Look it up, man. It'll break your break your mind. At least it's break your mind. Um, God wants me to surrender. Surrender people who don't have rights. And so, you know, parents can treat us any way they want and uh, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, it's just, it's not really about being a doormat. It's about letting God take you where he wants to take you, knowing he knows what you're going through, knowing that he has a plan and knowing that all you have to do is stay faithful and that you don't know all his plans, you don't know all his ways. Um, how do we ever get off on a thing like that? Let me get to my notes here and just say how to deal. Here's some ways to deal with problem parents. Because after saying all that, I will say there are such a thing as problem parents. Parents with problems that bring them to church. And um, for whatever reason, they become a problem for you. Um, you know, and I, I feel like... Um, I don't want to be critical because it feel I feel like um, there's going to be folks out there listening. It's going to be turned off and say, "Oh, well, how can you call any prior, you know parent a problem parent?" Well, just take a chillax, you know, re- take a deep breath, and um, and let's just be dirt level honest and just say that there are people that are critical. There are people who are easily angered. There are people that are not as saved as they should be. Okay, these people exist. And I'm not here to rail on them or degrade them. Um, And I've just got through saying we can't change them. We can pray for them. Um, So I'm not here to dog them out. I'm just here to, to, to look it in the eye and say, this is an issue probably for every person. Um, So let's talk about it, deal with it. Okay. So there are many types of problem parents. Let's go through a few of them and see what comes to mind when we, when we hear about them. One of, and I'm sure you could come up with a list too. Um, obviously the first one right of the list are parents who have all the opinions and ideas for your ministry, but never want to get involved. How many of you guys have some of those? Hey, you know what? Um, I had an idea for, um, vacation Bible school. Are you guys going to do anything like that this year? Um, well, we'd love to, we haven't had anybody step up and want to head that up. Is that something God's calling you to do? Oh no, 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 no. See, I just wanted something free to do with my kids this summer because they're driving me crazy and I don't know why in the world you would want my kids because they're not yours and you didn't have them or ask God for them or spend a bunch of money for artificial insemination to have them but now that I've got them I don't know what to do with them and I was hoping that God would guilt you into doing you know you get it okay parent ones that aren't involved at all but always have lots of suggestions on things that you could do for them. And I'm not even talking about choir members. 
I'm talking about people that don't do nothing but come fill in space. I've had them too, man. Hit hit me up in the hallway, and that's their big thing when we have a conflict. Is I've been bringing my kids here for ten years or five years or whatever, and I'm just like, there's a very carnal part of me that just says, well, hallelujah, praise the Lord. You've been coming and eating up resources and not tithing and not even coming to church yourself half the time, not getting involved, just sucking us dry for five years, and you want me to pat you on the back because you pushed a gas pedal on a car? Okay, pray for me, I'll pray for you. (laughs) Okay, because that's how I get sometimes. All right, so what about the ones that are overly involved? Um, The parents that, um, you know, they're the opposite. They're involved in everything. They don't even go to church because they're involved in church so much. You know what I'm talking about? Um, People that have opinions on everything, and they know what they're talking about, but they they reach outside of their circle, okay, their circle of responsibility. And uh, unfortunately, their passion rarely extends, and their vision rarely extends past that of the vision they have for their own children. And so their ideas... And their input um, always work great in their minds, um, but don't. But always seem to benefit their family and their children. So, yeah, got some of those. Uh, some of the other problem parents might be ones whose children are their god. Okay, wow, he just said that. Yeah, it, it seems to be a new trend now that I love my kids more than anything in the planet. I've seen this, and it's it's disturbing. And I'm sure it's always been there, maybe. You know, I don't know. Maybe I'm just aware of it since I've had kids. But I love my kids, man. I love them a lot. But you know what? I love them enough to see that they weren't born perfect, and they don't walk on water, and they're, they have little butthead days just like everybody else's. And um, they need to be disciplined and they need to be, you know, when a, when a teacher tells me that they weren't good, I'm going to take and listen to that teacher, you know, and my kids, I love them, but I don't, I don't know, I, you know, and this sound, this is proof that society's changed so much, but I love my wife more. Can I say that? Is that okay? And I think that's the most important way to love your kids is to love their mom. Um, so that they can see that. But here lately, I see a lot of moms, I swear, love their kids more than their husband and will would probably, you know, if they were hanging over a cliff and they had to pick up one of them, they'd probably drop their husband in a heartbeat. Um, I don't know what I'd do. I'd have to save my wife. Dad gummit. Cause I like my kids a lot too. Maybe they could grab onto my wife's feet while I pull her up. That's okay. That's what would happen. That way I wouldn't have to choose. Hate those kind of dilemmas. But, um, yeah, children's are their gods. And, uh, that's scary. You know, they, they're, they're in every event. They're doing all kinds of stuff. And, um, man, um, uh, okay, how about this one? It's hand in hand. The one whose kids do no wrong. And, and a lot of times these are the browbeaten, uh, not browbeaten, um, these are the moms that I see that are really beat down by life. Um, and they know their kids are bad. They do. But they can't let you say anything to their about their kids or for their kids. It's like, it's like the old thing is, um, you know, I'll, I'll talk about my kids, but you know, you can't say anything. I can beat up my little brother, but don't you touch him or I'll beat you up. And I, I bumped into that a lot where, uh, you know, you, you have to, you have to tread lightly when you want to do any correction because you'll get a story, a sob story about what's going on, about their father, about this, that, and the other. And, uh, you know, there's, a, there's always going to be a little bit of truth in that, but in the, in the big picture, it's just a big fat excuse for why, 
they're not disciplining and holding their kids to a standard. It's because they're worn out. I understand it, but defending it and uh, acting like it's it's uh, unexcusable. I mean, acting like it's not inexcusable, that behavior. It's not doing your kids any good. So um, there's a lot of other kinds of parents, okay, out there. Uh, the last kind that I don't want to talk about are the kinds that were doing just fine until your big fat self got in the way. And um, that's what I'm talking to myself. I have a problem sometimes where I cause my own problems, okay? Maybe you've done this. Maybe you're perfect and you never have, but I have. Just the other day. Oh, am I ready to be this transparent? Oh, okay. Here's what I did. I had had enough, by God. Uh, pastor James of Help on My Children's Pastor. Um, if you had me up on a pedestal, this will knock me down really good. Um, I'd had enough of waiting on this family. This family had been waiting, making me wait on them to pick up their kid for nearly three years. And they would always socialize and always in the lobby, all you know, never at the altar, never you know, seeking the face of God. Because man, I will, I will wait. You know, if you're a worker's kid, if you're a pastor's kid, if you're if your kid, if your parents are getting saved, man, I I'll wait till nighttime. But these, you know, the type, okay? So I take my, I take your daughter to him, and you know, you hate to do that because you want to go home. But you know that you're helping them and enabling them because now they're getting, you know, door door front service, car side car side service because you're bringing your kid their kid to them. But I did it. I didn't want to walk away, and I just looked him in the face and I said through gritted teeth, I said, uh, "They said, well, thank you. I'm sorry, you know." I said, "You know, my family wants to go home too." Or something like that. I don't even remember what I said. I got a family too, or something like that. I think I put the word I in there. Oh, I made it real personal. And uh, I was mad and it was stupid. Oh, and I felt dumb as soon as I said it, but I was mad and I was rah, 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 rah. And you know why? Because I let it go too long. I should have done it, man, the first month. I should have gone and got them and said, look, can you pick up your kids within the first 10 minutes, 15 minutes? Heck, I'd take 20. But no, no, I didn't do that. I let it fester. I got mad and uh, and I said the wrong thing. I said something snarky. And sure enough, um, you know, uh, I get I get a I get a, a phone call and uh, I'm going to leave out some of the story because this is pretty recent. <laughs> I don't want anybody calling and asking about it. Um, but, yeah, long story short, I. um I felt led. I was not required to. I wasn't even asked to apologize, but I prayed through. And God told me that I was wrong and that, you know what, if uh, if that's how parents um, need me, if that's what they need, you know, because I don't know those folks. I don't know if they ever get to talk to anybody, but if that's what, what's required of me, then that's what it is that I need to do. Because I'd gotten in a second discussion with the same person because they came to me and um, I didn't apologize like I should have then. I actually went off. and Because <laughs> here's, here's why I got told, um, it's your job to wait for us. That's basically in a nutshell what was said. And boy, I just went from zero to a 10. And I said, it is not my job. It is not my job to allow you parents to abuse me and this, that, and the other, and oh, it was just, it was just terrible. I just, I was, I was bad. It was a weak moment. And I just, oh, so you know what? Brr, 
boo on De- on Pastor James. Um, so anyway, all that to say is I I had to go to him and apologize. A hundred percent, man. Were they wrong? Yes, they were still wrong. Was I wrong? Yes, I was. And you know what? Have they apologized? No. Has anything changed? Well, you know, ultimately it did. So, ha, ha, ha. But uh, anyway, a lot of times, I'm going to be honest, my problems with parents are caused by me because I haven't kept my mouth shut sometimes. Anyway, most parents have a vision for their, own, for their child, but you have a vision for all of them. And a lot of times that's where the conflict comes in. Um, also, you know, parents, it's not that they're against you. They're just pro them. And, uh, they stay in the lobby, not because they're sitting there thinking, Hey, I'm torturing my children's pastor and showing him that I don't appreciate what he's doing. They're just talking. They don't know. They don't think about it. And then when they do, they're like, Oh my goodness, I forgot my kid. And then they don't say sorry because they can't even face you because they feel so guilty. So, you know, it's all in how we interpret it. But uh, remember this, you don't work for them, okay? And don't take that as a pride statement, like, I don't work for you, I work for God, you know? What it means is you don't get your props from them, and you don't get your approval from them. And you, um, I don't know, I'm just saying, you work for your pastor, and you work for God, ultimately. And you need to ask God what he wants. If, if, if God, in my case, my pride apparently was the problem because God flat out told me if they want to wait till dinner time, then you sit there and you wait. And so after that guy had told me that it wasn't my job and I got all upset, God basically came and had his back. And, you know, if that wasn't annoying, I don't know what was, but God's working on me. That's what I need to deal with. That's the truth for me right now is it is my job because God said so. So find out what God's telling you to do and what not to do. Don't make up your own rules because that's what we do. We get it in our head the way we should be treated and how what would make us happy. And you know what? That's not going to make us happy. Getting what we want doesn't make us happy. The joy of the Lord is our strength and making Him happy and pleasing Him is the only way we get what we need. And... um you know, so there you go. You don't work for them. You work for your pastor uh, and you work for God. Hey, um, and another thing I've learned a hundred times over is as many times as I've wanted to defend myself. And I went through a whole phase where that's what I did, man. When somebody came in and complained because our mic checks were interrupting their Sunday school class, I would tell them in a very kind but firm way, you know what, you're just going to have to deal with this. Because we're not trying to bother you, but we share space, blah, blah, blah. And I just came off like a total butt, you know? Um, but I can't, uh, even though, even though that person was being a jerk, even though they were being picky, and, and even though they're giving off that impression that every, everything in the church is more important than children's ministry, so you need to shut up and let our class roll while, and you just not prepare, you know? Even though they were vibing off all of that, um, you can't fight fire with fire. You have to fight fire with water. And when people are being mean, even when they're legitimately mean, not just your interpretation of it, it's your opportunity to shine and to show people that you have a heart of Christ, that you have compassion, that you have a true pastor's spirit, you know, the spirit of God flowing through you. And this is what I'm having to learn because, you know... um, 
I've been hurt just like anybody else. And, and you get to where you want to not get hurt and you start seeing it coming. And so you, you want to put up walls and block people from needing you too much or, or hurting you or saying the wrong things. And you're like, Hey, if I can hurt them first, you know, ah, ah. um, but I've, I've found even more recently, man, if you are just kind and nice, even if they're abusive, even if they're yelling at you, even if you have every right to defend yourself and you just decide not to and don't, God will stand up for you and others around you will rise. And maybe not in that moment, but they will. And you don't have to be a butt to get what you want. Um, if you trust God, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding and what you can do in all your ways, acknowledge him. So be kind, be nice and do the things you're supposed to do. He will make your path straight. He will make it obvious. He will work it out for your good and his glory. Um, it even works in ministry. Isn't that crazy? Um, uh, so anyway, can't fight fire with fire. You can't fight rudeness and consider in consideration with rudeness and in consideration um, I found that if I give up my rights, even the rights that I imagine my children's ministry should have, if somebody says, hey, Pastor James, can I set up tables in your room and your kids, could they move over on Sunday because I have an event that afternoon? There's so many of us, me included, that would want to rise up and say, well, no, because if it was an adult event, you wouldn't ask and this, that, and the other and blah, 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 blah. You know what? I'm done fighting those fights. Sure, you can set up. Sure, just let me know what we can do. Let me move out of your way. You know what? And you know what you do? You end up getting respect rather than losing it. You think you have to stand up against that stuff, but you really don't. You really don't. Um, here's some tips for the heat of the moment things that, that happen. Um, when Sometimes, you know, parents just hit you right after service. they got problems. Something's going on. You've done something wrong. You know, you don't even know something, you know, tell my son this, that, and the other. Here, here's just some tips right off the top of my head that I've learned that I'm still applying to this day that helped me get through those rough times. Um, because uh, a lot of times it is those heat of the moment, pull you aside in the hallway, chew you up, spit you out, and leave type things. Here it is. Listen. That's it. That's number one. Listen. Just listen. Keep your mouth shut and listen. And just listen because behind their anger, Behind all this, there are some real emotions. They really feel this way. It's a big deal to them. And um, even if they're wrong, even if they're totally off, even if even if they're they've just got the the, ooh, the most wonky view of things, um, it's always going to be better to think about what you're going to say and maybe even say it later. Um, and that's that's what I'm saying. Listen and then respond later when they're done, when they've taken a breath. Um, the new trend in, in communication seems to be, let me hurry up and listen to you so I can talk. And if you actually just slow down and let them speak and try to hear, you know, what is being said, you know, what they're saying rather than what's being said. And while you're listening, praying in your spirit, God, please don't let this get out of hand. Please give me the words to say, please, God, please, God, uh, you know, Holy Spirit, give me, give me what, to, you know, to do. Because you don't want to escalate it. You don't want to put pepper spray on the situation. You want to, you want to dumb it, you know, die it down, not dumb it down. Um, so point number one is listen and respond later. Point number two is listen again and let others defend you. Because where I want to talk, when I, I can keep my mouth shut in a, in a situation almost any time until somebody says something about me or my people. 
and my workers, and I want to defend them, and I want to stand up for them. And, and many people would say, well, yeah, you're supposed to defend your workers, and I agree, but not when there's the possibility that you're going to go off. And maybe you're like me, or not like me, and you're just calm and cool and collective, and you can say it in a soothing voice. I'm not that guy, okay? I'm very emotional, both on the good and the negative side. And when somebody gets me hot and I'm, I'm ready to go, I, I feel validated in getting hostile, and I can let that hostility out uh, in my mind through a good thing, which is defending, you know, coming to the aid, uh, righteous indignation against, you know, against someone who would say something bad about my best workers. Um, even so listen, shut up and listen and let other people defend you if it, if it's necessary or, you know, again, respond later, there will be times and you know what, let the workers work defend itself. Let your your um, work and your ministry defend itself. Let God defend you. Um, let me just say this too. Assume, this is what I've done, man. People coming up, I see it in their eyes. I assume buttons are going to be pushed. This person is going to push me in ways that I never thought possible. And even though I've decided, dadgummit, I'm going to shut up and I'm going to listen. I'm going to keep it calm. That person's going to find a way to push my buttons. So be prepared for that and begin praying for that and just decide, you know, no matter what. Oh, and the minute that word slips out of your mouth, shut up. <laughs> Remember that you're doing this for the Lord and every outcome has to, in, in a perfect world would bring glory to him. So, and I'm going to tell you, no matter how bad it gets, man, I had a situation just last week where I don't even know. I've never dealt with a gossip situation before in all my years of ministry. Inner city, one thing about them, man, they didn't got a lot of gossip. You, you just deal with things straight up. But here in this, in this community that I'm in now, apparently it's a big deal. And somebody, I don't, to this moment, I still don't know who said what about what. I know that something hurtful was said about somebody, and uh, and apparently it was me. Okay, that hits every button I have, and 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 because there was no truth in it whatsoever, I was able to call that person, and I even apologized. I'm like, I I have no idea what was said, and I just hate that you're hurting so bad. And I I got to tell them I hate gossip. I don't even know where this came from, but somebody in that chain had malicious intent and this, that, and the other. So anyway, um, but, but, uh, uh, remember that you're doing this for the Lord. My point being that, um, you need to be able to, um, oh, here it was, no matter what's going on, whether, no matter what's going on, you, you can, you can take away 50% of the drama just by keeping your mouth shut and not getting involved in it meaning not adding to it when for instance with my issue with the the family that was leaving the kid late that was a problem it was a big problem to me but when i opened up my big fat mouth and said i got a family too you know um i added extra you know exponentially to that issue if uh, every time you keep your mouth shut, every time, even if they're screaming at you, yelling at you, and it causes you so much drama and pain and hurt and, and misunderstanding and you go home feeling empty, at least if you kept your mouth shut and you didn't say anything mean back, you don't have to deal with that part of it. See what I'm saying? It took a long time to say something pretty simple. Um, if you don't start none, there won't be none. So what they say in the city. 
Um, but if you don't start anything on your end, then all you got to deal with is what they did. And man, I am the first one to want to defend myself and say, especially, you know, not, not out of pride, but because everything I do in ministry, I really honestly try to do it for the good of pe- the people I serve and for the good of God. And when somebody has a problem, nine times out of 10, it's either very self-centered and selfish, or they've misunderstood something. And so I want to defend myself and I want to say, no, please, I'm going to hold them down and say, look into my head and understand the way I feel and know that I would never hurt you on purpose. You know, I want to do that. But that's arguing, you know, just like with the gossip thing, man, I wanted to track down every single person and who said what and find it out and just lay it out like a timeline and present it to this person to say, you know, here's my defense. I didn't say it. And here's who did and all. But I realized, I mean, I, I kind of followed that mental trail before I even made the first phone call. And I'm like, you know what? Finding out about gossip is a lot like gossip because you have to say, well, so-and-so told me and it's just the same thing. And God just kind of said, no, just let it go. Just don't even try to find out what was said or who said what, just call that person and apologize, you know, um, even though you didn't say anything. And, it, you know, it worked out. I don't even know. Maybe I look guilty to them because I call and apologize. But um, so anyway, my last, my last little tip, remember um, that you're doing this for the Lord. Last thing is keep your mouth shut, man. Don't say anything. You know, you're, you're going you're gonna to want to and you're going to. You're going to say something. But if you're going to open your mouth, make sure it's constructive. Make sure it's coming from a heart that's submitted to God, that it's not selfish, it's not self-centered. And it's not um, even righteous anger or anything like that. If you can just let them say their piece and and say what they want to say, um, God will bring the words to you, and He will give you what you should say. Um, because there are times when one or two words can can diffuse an entire issue. I'm not saying that you just stand there like a zombie and then walk away when they're done taking it all. But when you take it in, you pray about it. You could sit there and say, I've heard you. I appreciate it. Can I call you this afternoon? Can I talk to you later? If that's what you need to do, do that. Um, you know, there, there are times where you can't do that. Um, but remember to listen and respond when you, when you should, not when you want to. Okay? And then uh, after it's all over with, this is uh, just some general tips here. Ask God if you're wrong. Man, Pastors, we get this thing to where what we say is gospel truth, no matter what. Um, but for me, it, one of the reasons why I'm changing the way I talk and the way I respond, and I'm going to quit defending myself even when I, I have every right to, is because I'm tired of God spanking me and sending me back to the person. I'm tired of apologizing to people that should be apologizing to me. You see what I'm saying? I need to shut up. And, um, and so I'm going to do that. So, uh, but ask God if you're wrong and if you are apologize, if you must, even if they don't deserve it. I remember when I, um, I went and apologized to, to someone and my, my daughter was there and this was actually at a Walmart of all things. Some guy had yelled at me. Oh, and I had yelled back. It was something very simple. He was, he was in charge of the carts. I'd never been in a Walmart that somebody was in charge charge of carts. So I went to go get my own cart. And he's like, get behind the line. He just screamed at me because I was the 500th person apparently that day he had had to say that to. And I said, where's the sign? Where's the sign? I'll obey it. But where's the sign that says that? You know, because I felt stupid and I didn't, I don't like breaking the rules and, you know, he yelled at me and, you know, I felt five years old. 
but I went back to him because I felt bad. It was a small thing, but I went back and I apologized. I said, sir, I yelled at you earlier and I'm sorry. He probably didn't remember me from Adam. But my daughter in the car, she says, dad, were you wrong? You know, and I, and he was right because she just had this very black and white view of things. And, uh, and I said, no, baby, we were both wrong. We were both wrong. But God told me to do what I was supposed to do and apologize. And so all that to say is you're going to end up apologizing to people who don't deserve it, quote unquote. They, um, that they owe you an apology. But you know what? When you stand before God, your conscience is clear. You've done what you're supposed to do. You're not going to be held accountable for what they did. They will be. So you know what? Get your stuff cleared out. Get your stuff clear. That way they can't look you in the eye in the hallway, but by God, you can look at them when you pass them in the hall. And you can smile and it can be legit. Um, okay. Here's some more tips. These are just random things. Okay, sorry. Because uh, I've, had, I've had lots of run-ins in the last 13 years with parents. Um, when it comes uh, big enough, when it's a big deal, especially when it violates policy, um, nothing beats writing a letter on a company letterhead and then CC it to the pastor. I had a situation where a mom, for the life of her, would not check her kids in. She wasn't a person who attended, um, but she would not check her kids in. Simplest thing in the world. Put your finger on a print. But she wanted to drop them off at the curb or send the daughter in with them, you know, that kind of thing. And um, she, by the way, was also the one that told me she'd been bringing her kids for six plus years and somehow I owed her something for that. But um, it's funny how, how enabled or, uh, oh, not enabled. What's the word I'm looking for? How, uh, not enabled. Oh, well, it's funny how people think that, you know, they should get stuff that's coming to them. Help me out. Uh, but anyway, I wrote her a letter explaining the policies. I CC'd my pastor and put a message in his box. And dude, we ain't had a problem. Not a problem. She won't talk to me, but man, <laughs> we don't have a problem. And I'm still getting to minister to her kids. <sighs> Here's some tips on avoiding issues in the first place. Communicate. Communicate, communicate. You cannot over-communicate. Um, man, when I got stuff that's going out, I communicate via Facebook, Twitter. Um, you know, there's there's not a whole lot else I can do. I, I put out flyers that I hand out. I put stuff in the bulletin. Every single thing that's available to me, I'm going to use. And I'm not just talking about communicating events. I'm going to also talk about communicating ministry requirements and expectations. You need to have a handbook for your parents. You cannot assume that they know the rules. Uh, and what's expected of them. So I have sheets of paper that I'm able to hand people when they come to Suncoast for the first time that tells them what their side of the check-in procedure is. They don't need to know all the details and stuff like that. They need to know what we expect. So make up a little parent version of policies and procedures and uh, make it look really pretty. It could be, you know, printed on Word, you know, document. It doesn't have to be nothing full color and fancy but something to put in their hands to let them know. Because parents are used to this. Uh, they go to school, and or they take their kids to school, and this, the school has rules. Uh, the, the, uh, the, the drama coach, you know, during the summer, the, the cheer coach, they all have rules. And so this is something they're used to. Matter of fact, I have a theory that one of the reasons why children's ministry is taken advantage of is because they're not the same as all the other things that parents take their kids to. We are a little bit more loving quote-unquote, run over a ball. So, um, 
Written policies and procedures are a must. Man, I tell you what, I don't know what it is, but when you've got something written down, even if it's in a file drawer, if you can refer to that and you say, sir, ma'am, it's policy. You have got to do this or this, that, and the other. We can't take your kid. It's policy. If your child bites a child, he has to be taken out for the rest of the service and has to have a conference with the uh, coordinator before he comes back. It is policy. Man, if you have policy, you have power. Okay, to get the stuff done that you need to get done. So get a policy, please. Do yourself a favor. Um, Another thing, always act and speak as if parents are in the room, even when they're not. You will avoid a lot of stuff because your kids are going to repeat everything you say. Workers are going to hear it and they're going to repeat it. Make sure that what you're saying, if it's misconstrued, make sure that you're able to, to reconstrue it. I've had parents come to me and say, why are you telling my kids about this and the other? And I'm like, no, no, no. What we said was blah. And they're like, oh, okay. But also when, when you're correcting kids, the, the other thing I see children's pastors getting very in trouble with is when they correct or verbally abuse a child and they say things and because they're bigger than that kid and they're mad at that kid. And, and especially us men, we like to, you know, and then the kids crying and telling the truth. And the truth is you went overboard and dad and mom are rising up to defend their, their child and they've got every right to. And all of a sudden you're hit over the head with this big, you know, thing. You know what? I always tell my people just act like the parents are there and don't say anything or do anything that you wouldn't do if they were. Okay. Uh, and then lastly, be above reproach. Make sure you're doing the right thing, saying the right thing, being in the right places. Uh, make sure you're following your own procedure. You know, the rule of, 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 of uh, three, you know, where you got at least two kids, one adult or two adults to one kid. Never be alone with workers or people or kids, um, you know, and, and let your language and your, your communications, let them be acceptable. Um, even on Facebook, man, recently I just got rid of my Facebook. Okay. Not for any moral reasons. I do miss seeing pictures of my nieces and nephews and blah, blah, blah. I just, um, I, it, it, I get really upset when I see what other people write and their foolishness, man, that people will put on Facebook. It drives me crazy. And, um, I had a fellow children's pastor, good friend of mine, and I'm going to have to deal with this. Um, and they put some one of those dumb forwards on there that something about this little girl said she loves you to a little boy. And the little boy said, um, I can't love you because you're two years younger than me. And the next day she killed herself. And, um, you know, these stories that people put on there. And then the next month he killed himself and said, age shouldn't matter. And if you don't forward this to five of your friends, you know, that they will appear over your bed. I mean, this is what a children's person put on Facebook and I'm like, and you wonder why you ain't going to workers. You look like a, a, a moron. Um, so anyway, maybe I'm overreacting, but I'm just kind of bored with Facebook. So, um, anyway, personal thing. You, if you have Facebook and you love it, that's great. If you love kitty videos, I have nothing but love for you. I'm just, I'm just done with it. Uh, so there you go. Uh, speaking of Facebook, do not correct or confront people. Okay. Here's, here's a way to avoid issues. Don't correct or confront people via text, Facebook, or email. It's so easy to do, man. Just send them off a little text. Everybody's a little braver with an email, a Facebook message. I don't have, I don't know how to get a hold of them. Maybe they're working. 
No, you, if you got something to deal with, the phone or in person is the only way to do it. The only way. So there you go. Don't don't uh, don't deal with it. Um, remember to be godly. Forget about being right. Um, say we a lot. My pastor corrected me with that situation when I said to the parents, um, I got a family too. Um, he said, you know, the only thing wrong with what you said was you should have said we. And I, and I, was, I took it in for a second. And I said, what do you mean? And he says, I have saved myself so many problems, because he used to be a children's pastor too, by saying we a lot. And I was like, what? What, what do you mean? He said, if you had said, you know, um, we, we appreciate you guys coming. You need to pick up. We need to have your children. We need to have you pick up your kids um, within 15 minutes of the end of service, please, because um, my workers have families and, and, and we, uh, you know, we, this, you know, just explaining things as a group. He says, that way you don't make it personal. He said, that was the only problem was this, is it got personal. If you had um, said we as a group of workers, it would have been a lot better. So use the word we a lot, you know, and they say, they tell you that in preaching. You don't say you are going to hell or, or you need to quit this or they say we, we are going to hell <laughs> together as a group. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a good thing. Say we a lot, um, have great policies that you can refer to. I've already said that, uh, quietly stand your ground. So, you know, as you're standing there and you're listening and you're keeping your mouth shut and you're praying, don't get pushed over. We're not talking about being pushovers. We're talking about quietly standing your ground. If if they're arguing over policy, if they don't like the night that you scheduled this, that, and the other, or you had to change something and they're just freaking out and you know you prayed through and blah, 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 just quietly stand your ground and let them have their fit. Okay? Uh, don't cave to the following things. Whining. Manipulation or name dropping. Because when people try to manipulate you, that's what they're going to do. They're going to say, oh, you know what? The elders are totally behind this. And I happen to know you have plenty of money. And, you know, whining, manipulation. You know, the old pastor used to do this, 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 and this. You know, don't cave to that. Okay? You can stand there, stand your ground quietly, praying, (laughs) and not cave. When in doubt, call your pastor. Man, nine times out of ten, when I get done with an issue like that, I'm calling my pastor. And here's why. Because if you know it's going to get heated, say it's an, it's an event that's coming, a meeting, then you need to let your pastor know in advance. Pastor, here's the situation. Here's the story. I wanted you to know I'm meeting with them. This is kind of what I'm hoping is not going to happen, but it might. I just wanted you to know so that when they come to you next, or maybe they came first, um, you know what's going on. Help your pastor out. Help him defend you by letting him know what's going on. Um, and in a time that's convenient for him. Okay. If it got heated, if it's a situation that happened, uh, like my, my run in, in the lobby with the, the late people, uh, if it got heated, if, it got, if something was said, be the first one to call your pastor and let him know, don't let him find out through them. Um, it's just good sense. Okay. It's like when you were a kid and you hit your sister, don't let the sister get in there to tell mom first. You go in there. She's lying. Whatever she said, she's lying. And, and and though it's not like that, at least you'll have a chance to sit there and say, okay, pastor, you know, here's what happened. They've been late for three years. 
I lost my mind a little bit, but this is all I said. Okay, I'm just going to let you know. I have no idea what they're going to say, but they're probably going to call you and it's going to be this, this, and this. But here was my intention and, and here's what I'm willing to admit to. And that that gives him something. At least then he can say, yeah, yeah, he called me and um, I didn't hear all that. Okay. Um, now, all that being said, if someone talks junk about your pastor and starts saying a bunch of stuff, um, that is the time I do take exception and say I am allowed to defend um, because I will defend my, my higher ups and I will defend my workers, but lately I've had to shut up because like I said, I get really righteous and indignation, I, AKA temper tantrum or tempers. Um, but with my pastor, if somebody's saying something about him, I am going to say something and it doesn't have to be even defensive. It can just be, I don't want to talk about this or it can be, you know what? You need to talk to him. You need to take this to him. And you can say that without being a jerk. Um, because here's why, if you just silently sit there in that situation and don't say anything, they're going to walk away feeling so smug and they'll say, you know what? He agreed with me, but he couldn't say anything. So don't let them feel that you have to say something. And then lastly, don't be a doormat. If you're speaking from a selfless, godly heart, not an angry, defensive one, the words that you do say, um, are going to come out and they're going to be proper, you know? I, I don't remember exactly in the Bible where this is, but um, yes, I do. I don't remember exactly where it is, but Jesus is looking out over the people, the godless people. And it's, I think it's in Romans three. Um, couldn't be, couldn't be because that's a letter. <laughs> Maybe it's John three. Anyway, it's one of the gospels. Jesus is looking out over the people and they're just, they're godless and they need help. And the workers are few and all this kind of stuff. But he feels sorry for them out of a heart of sadness. And, um, and, 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 it, and it hit me, you know, my response sometimes in ministry is to get angry because there's not enough things and stuff. I get frustrated because I want to do more. Jesus got sad. He felt bad for them because they couldn't be reached. And I think that's the only legitimate emotion that we can have that God won't correct us on is if we pity these people. If they're yelling at you and hollering at you and they're angry with you and you're doing the best you can, they are misled. They are wrong. And you should be defended and you should have someone protect you. But it's not. It's, it's got, you know, it just doesn't work out that way. But God will step for up for you, and in the end, it'll all work out. And the, and the apologies will come, and the props will come, and, and God will motivate you and keep you up and put you where you're supposed to be. I'm just telling you, God will take care of you. What does he say? Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Vengeance is mine. Um, but just remember, he loves those people as much as he loves you. Problem parents um, don't have to be... I won't say they're they're ever going to go away because they won't. Um, but there are a few things you can do to minimize it. I hope this m message has been a blessing to you. Um, it's been hard to talk about, man. It's a hard show to do because it's personal. Um, you know, because as I'm going through these, there are stories behind every bullet point. And there's r r still parts of my heart that I'd love to say are healed. Um 
But I don't know. It's like a, a kid with a with no dad who cries every time there's a father in a commercial or something, which is me, by the way. Um, I, 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 you know, I think things can be healed, but still be tender. And so uh, it was a hard one to go through. If you've had anything like this and you'd like to share it, I'd love to hear from you. I don't even have to mention it on the show. I mean, you could just, we could just talk or something. You can email me at uh, helpimacm at gmail.com. And uh, if you'd like me to talk about something specific or, you know, share a topic idea or your input on this one or more, you can send emails to that same thing. Guys, I'm going to play the outro music. And um, what I'd love to do is have you to visit uh, helpimachildrenspastor.com. You can email us, helpimacp at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And we'll see you guys next time. God bless. 